Welcome back to episode 110 of the Own Your Genius podcast. Ah, can you believe we are at the end of 2022? It has been, it has been a year. I will say that it's been a year. That's all I can say about 2022. And I'll say this, it's been a good year. It's been a year that despite all the things that have gone on and gone wrong and didn't happen that I expected to happen, I wanted to happen, it's really been a good year. When I go back and actually reflect, like actually count my wins, you know, we talked about that before. When you go back and actually count your wins, it's been a really good year. And so I can't complain and I won't complain. I'm just excited. I appreciate each and every one of you that tune in weekly with us and stuck in here with us while we try to figure out what our groove was when it came to the podcast. Are we going to do monthly or bi-weekly or weekly? We didn't know. We did not know. But now we do. So I appreciate you hanging in with us faithfully every Wednesday, catching the next episode of On Your Genius Podcast. This is the last podcast of the year. So I had to make sure that it was a good one, a good one. So we end 2022 talking about money, hopefully giving you some some insight so that as you start your 2023, you can start yourself off with a solid financial foundation. You can start 2023 off with a solid financial foundation for your business because today we have the phenomenal and brilliant Janelle Bettis of Bettis Financial here with us. And this conversation really started as a lot of my conversations do, just just natural. You're just sitting here having a conversation with someone. And you're like, oh my gosh, this stuff is so great. I didn't know about it. More people should know about it. I know they have questions. Would you mind being a guest on my podcast? And fortunately, she said yes. So without further ado, we got a good one for you. Let's get started. So today we're going to talk about, and I'll just give a rundown. I have a few questions. We're going to talk about money and business and numbers. That's what you do. And I want to know your story. Like, how did you get into numbers? I'm going to ask some questions that I see often, like what entrepreneurs make. You have challenges as it relates to money and starting businesses, like quitting a job before they're ready. And the way that I want to end is like when it makes sense to hire financially. And then I want to talk about from the employee side about financial inclusion and, and then we'll okay. end it with a genius round. And I have three okay. questions, which okay. is uh, business advice. What's the best business advice you've ever received? Your go-to affirmation and what does owning your genius mean to you? Okay. So that's like the rundown what we're going to talk about today. I love it. Sounds, sounds good? Sounds Yay. good. Well, you look good. How did you get into numbers? Like, have you always liked to add? <laughs> so how I got into it, I was I was actually in college and I took a job at a bank and needed to work while going to school. And I got into it and I absolutely loved it. Loved everything about um, the finance side. I've always been good at math, um, mm-hmm. even growing up, but never really thought that that was like going to turn into a career in it. And so as I got into that role at the bank, mm-hmm. as I started off as a teller and then I started to see how people were managing their money. You get a, a full view of how people manage their money on a day-to-day basis. And I'm like, man, you encounter so many different people. And I was very intrigued by um, people's money stories. Like, 
those who were wealthy, well, how did you achieve your wealth? Those who were struggling, well, what caused you to start struggling? Because something would happen along on people's journey that swayed them one way or the other. And so that's how I ended up getting into it. Wow, that is awesome. When you went to college originally, what was your major? What was your focus if it wasn't accounting? I actually wanted to be a lawyer. That's what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to be a lawyer. That's what I was going to law school. My uh, bachelor's is in political science. And so I've always loved learning about policy and procedures and law and, and all those things. I've always been interested in it. And I just said, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to law school. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting into it and got into the finance world. And I said, OK, well, I actually love this a little bit more than the law side, but I'm still interested in it. So I was like, right. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but because I got the degree in it, but it's like, OK. So let's just see what's going to happen with the finance side of this. And um, But what I did, all of the classes and things that I took going the political science route, mm-hmm. that I was an analytical learner and thinker. And I did well with all of the writing that we had to do, which I love to write. And I had to be comfortable with taking in a whole lot of information, right, and being able to digest it back because in a lot of my classes, um, there was no open book or there's no <laughs> multiple choices. What do you know? <laughs> and that that literally helped me um, when I started having to study all of the different finance, financial procedures and policies and how things work and stuff about taxes. And it's like, it's so much information that mm-hmm. all of that training in that degree that I got definitely came into play. So it didn't go to waste. It didn't go to waste. <laughs> and a lot of people don't realize that when you have, even when you get your law degree, it opens the door to so many other careers that are analytical mm-hmm. because that's what they're looking for. So a lot of people go to law school and they don't even practice law because mm-hmm. of all the skills that you get when you're training to become a lawyer. So absolutely, I can see how it was made it easier for you to transition into finance. Absolutely. And you said something that was interesting that you had that backdoor view into people's finances, like where things went left when Mm -hmm. in their money story. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about, which, you know, brought this question on is like entrepreneurship. That's what we do. Our podcast listeners, they're entrepreneurs. A lot of them are transitioning into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And there's so many stories that people are saying, like, like, this is the right way to do it. This is the right way to do it. You're not a real entrepreneur if you are working and pursuing your your job. So my question is this. like, When does it make sense financially for someone to say, you know what, I'm quitting my nine to five and I'm going all in? Yeah. So everybody's road to entrepreneurship is going to look different. Some people want to have like an actual financial plan in place. Like I'm not leaving this job until I have X amount of dollars saved, or mm-hmm. I have at least six, six months to a year worth of my um, income saved up. Like it looks different for everybody. So my um, advice to people who are saying, Oh, well, I do want to go ahead and take the leap into full-time entrepreneurship is mm-hmm. do the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure that you understand what it's going to take for you to take care of your day-to-day needs, but also mm-hmm. 
what it takes to still continue to build and grow your business because your nine to five serves as that cash infusion that you need to move forward with growing your business. So if you Mm -hmm. take that away, you no longer have um, the money to continue to build your business, but you also don't have the money anymore to take care of your personal needs. So you got to leave when it makes sense. My story was a little bit different. I I thought I was going to have like all of this money saved up and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to leave at this time. But I literally got like pushed out the door. I feel like um, God literally was like, okay, it's time for you to go. So my, I had a plan of what mm-hmm. I wanted to achieve, of, of course, because I'm a numbers person, but my plan didn't work out like that. It still worked in the end, but um I, sometimes entrepreneurship will take you in different de- different directions. So you have a plan in place, follow mm-hmm. the plan as much as you can, but also don't be fearful of if it doesn't look like how you have played it out on paper. That part, because it, I feel like we can do all the planning that we want to, but it rarely ever looks exactly like yes. we have laid out. We have all the great intentions, right? What do you say? Mm-hmm. You tell God your plans and then he just, kind of last like oh that's cute yes. <laughs> that, that, is so, that is so great that you took yes. the time and you wrote it all out and you presented it to me in such a nice way but I have something yes. different I have something yep. different for you wow so how was that that experience for you when you when you actually had a plan and it's like oh no this is not going to happen this way how did that make you feel um I felt unsettled I honestly felt like I had made the wrong decision initially like dang, did I leave too prematurely? Was I too far ahead? But in all honesty, I had had known for over a year that I was supposed to leave my job and Mm -hmm. the security of getting a consistent paycheck every two weeks or every month, however you get paid, kept me there longer than what I was supposed to be there. And um, it ended up being that Okay, I had this talk with my husband. It's like, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to leave. And what does this look like? And then one day he was fed up with my job. I was fed up with my job. He said, go to work, put your notice in, and this is it. And so that's that's why I said literally I felt like I got kicked out because it was, I knew it was time. Mm-hmm. And, and those moments where, Things were rough and I felt like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. Because sometimes you'll wake up as an entrepreneur and say, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to figure it out from one day to the next. But those moments that I ended up feeling that way, it's like, okay, just go back to your why. Why did you want to even do this? Why is it important to help people with their finances? Why do you even want to spend your entire day doing numbers for other people? Like, so I ended up going back to my why a lot of times when I would question, why am I doing this? I mean, why are you doing this? Share us why. Because people look at numbers, they're like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. You wake up every day and want to do that. Yes. So I honestly say you got to be a special person to want to be an accountant, a finance coach, be someone that is involved in the day-to-day operations of where people are spending their money, right? 
My why is because I got tired of seeing people work hard every single day. And then at the end of the day, they struggled to take care of their basic necessities and they could no longer see themselves from where they were, their current situation. So Mm -hmm. money is involved in everything that we do everything that we desire to build or or gain. And I got tired of people not having the proper knowledge in place to get themselves out of the the financial hardships that they were in. So sometimes it's just going back to the basics and then being able to build on that knowledge of what you know so that you can change your money story. It's like for me, it's all about changing people's money story in their business, in their personal life, so that they actually achieve those goals and dreams that they have. I, when you, especially when you talk about with business, because one of the things, of, and I just feel like when it comes to starting a business, it's a lot of things we don't know. And it's mm-hmm. especially when it comes to the money, a lot of us don't have a good money story on the personal side. Right. And then we go and we start this business and we're like, okay, we have money. Yep. What do we do with it? What do we do with the money? And how can we make sure that as we're growing this business, I always tell people from a legal side, you want to have a strong legal foundation. And I would mm-hmm. imagine on the business side, you would want to have a strong financial foundation. Like yes. How do you start off with a strong financial foundation in business? So um, one of the main things you have to do is you got to have a budget. I see so many entrepreneurs operating on um, with no financial system in place at all. So there's no budget. There's no accounting system in place. There's no way, proper way for your clients to pay you. There Mm -hmm. is like a a scramble of, oh, all of a sudden I have this major contractor deal. And they ask me, well, how do I pay you? And I'm like, oh, well, all I have is cash app. Well, if you're operating with a a corporation, they're not going to pay you through cash app. They're not going to pay you through Venmo. They're not going to pay through one of those easy, convenient uses of forms of payment that people get so used to operating Mm -hmm. in in their business. And then they forget that, hey, I do need other payment avenues set up. I do actually need an accounting system so that I can track what's coming in and what's going out in my business. And so, so many times entrepreneurs get so excited about, Oh, I took the leap. I'm doing, I'm, I'm getting my clients and, and things are coming in. But then they, the structure in place to actually run as a legitimate business, whether it's legal or the financial side. And it's like, come on, you got to have all of these pieces to build that solid financial business foundation. You do. And there's nothing wrong with taking some time and getting that set up. Nothing yeah. wrong at all. One of the things I always tell people is one of the best things you can do in the beginning of your business is at least at the very minimum schedule a consultation with these professionals. So that you'll know, because some people don't do these things because they Mm -hmm. don't know. When you're starting a business, especially when you're the first person to start a business or the first person to start a business and you want to do it right, Mm -hmm. you need to talk to the professionals that can guide you and say, hey, if you're starting a business, you need to make it easy for people to pay you. You need to think about the consequences of using avenues like PayPal and Cash App and all mm-hmm. of those other things that some people use to get paid. And so yes. I was just thinking, like, what are your thoughts? Like, do you see the value in consultations? Like, do you feel like someone needs to go out immediately and hire an accountant or a financial coach on their team or just starting with the consultation a good first step? 
I always say start with a consultation. It's a great first step. And most of the time when you're you're having a consultation, mm-hmm. you're going to get the get enough insight if if the financial professional is who they say they are and they're doing the best job that they can, they will advise you during the consultation. That's the purpose of having one. One, to see if we're a good fit, but also to get you get you that um, insight and advice that you need um, before you start moving forward in those services. But it benefits you so much to sit down with the professional and see what steps do I need to take and what directions can I go in the right right lane because starting off initially you're not going to have all of the resources if you haven't planned for it you know to pay for everything so it may not benefit you to hire an accountant or a bookkeeper or even a coach at that time you may have to utilize the free resources and different things that are out here to help you build and get started and that's okay but sometimes people don't know where those are so um, one of the things I like to do is if someone has a consultation with me and they're just getting started, I give them a resource list. These are the things that you need to get started. These are these are the, the places that can help you. And it's going to help with minimal cost initially. And then some things on there you will have to pay for, um, especially in the form of things like your legal structure and all of that. But having that consultation helps you make sure that you're getting on the right track. And there's nothing wrong with Going to a professional that because you don't know, it saves you so much time and money in the long run. If you just let me let me do this first, have the conversation, ask the questions that I need answers to because I legitimately do not know or I haven't done the research, or maybe you did do research and you didn't understand the research that you found. So let me talk to somebody that can break it down for me and, and guide me on the right right track. Absolutely that part, because nowadays in this information age and social media where people are giving out the quick bits and stuff, you're bombarded with so much information. But what is the correct information and what does it even mean? How does it affect my business? Absolutely. Yep. So you know, I always tell people spending $200 in the beginning of your business can be the best thing you've ever done because it does. It saves you time and money in the long run. Yep. When? How do you know it's time to actually hire an accountant or a financial person in your business? You know it's time to hire an accountant in your business when you know that you are not properly managing the finances. Mm. So if you know that you have not categorized your transactions, if you can't produce a profit and loss statement, you don't know what's coming in and what's going out, it's time to hire somebody. It's time to actually start talking through what this looks like. And I always tell people, it saves you so much money more to have an accountant or a bookkeeper on your team that you can go to and they're making sure that the day-to-day operations of your finances are in order versus mm-hmm. coming to them at the end of the year. And then we have a whole year's worth of work to do. Mm-hmm. Your bill's going to be much higher. I and see. So we try to tell people ahead of time, hey. Talk to us at the beginning of the year. Talk. Don't wait till December to start talking to your accountant about what should have been done from January. Your bill is going to be so much higher because it's a year's worth of work mm. versus having that conversation with them, whether it's monthly or quarterly. It will it would benefit you in the long run. So that's how you know it's, it's time to hire. If you're not managing <laughs> somebody else to do it. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But you don't know what's going on with your money. Hire someone that can that can tell you because you can make so many mistakes. You can overspend. You're like, I thought yep. that okay, I could afford this, but I but I can't. Absolutely. Of, of of money and important things, business credit. You know, a lot of times people are starting businesses and they're forming LLCs and they're doing that so they can keep their personal and their business separate. So mm-hmm. as they're um, as they're growing or building their business, they want to establish business credit. Mm-hmm. Is that a good thing? Yes. Building business credit can be a great thing for your business. Um, and one of the reasons is, is that it gives your business access to additional funding. So if I'm in uh, the middle of a project and we need to purchase some new equipment, I can utilize my business credit to take care of those purchases immediately and then make those payments as we're still continuing to build and grow and things aren't stopping um, because I have tied up all of my cash flow into Mm -hmm. whatever that purchase is. So business credit is a great way to leverage building your business and continuing to make sure that your cash flow is not all allotted or tied up in whatever it is that you're about to have to purchase or do. How do you establish business credit without affecting your personal credit? Um, I can't do that. Yes, you can do that. Um, One of the things that you have to do is you have to apply for a DUNS number and um, it's through DUNS and Bradstreet. And what that does is that uh, allows your, your business credit profile to be built. So, You'll you'll part you'll you'll go through um, some different um, business lenders. So uh, let's say you need to buy supplies. You can have an account with Staples, or you need to buy equipment like computers or something. Or you can go through Best Buy or HP, whoever it is that you want to establish credit through, and mm-hmm. then they'll have payment terms that they they initiate for you to build that business credit. And usually they're net payment terms of 30 days or 60 days, 90 days. And you'll have that amount of time to actually pay pay off your bill during that time. So it works, business credit works similar to your personal credit. So if you don't pay the bills, it's going to affect your, your business credit, just like it would in your personal credit. So I always advise um, clients that if you're going to start building business credit, don't go out here and run up a whole a bill that you cannot afford. Right. <laughs> the purpose of building business credit is to do it in, in increments a little bit at a time. So the same principles still apply. Can I buy this in cash? If I can't buy it in cash, chances are I don't want to run up a bill that the interest rate may be high and the monthly payments may be over what I can actually afford or what I'm actually bringing into my business. So it's a lot of different things you want to weigh in before you start moving forward with building business credit. That was some really good advice, especially I didn't think to, when I think of business credit, I'm thinking business credit cards, but it does make sense to actually go with a vendor and you know something small that you're going to use on and you would normally just yes. pay for anyway to establish mm-hmm. that I didn't even think of that I don't I, <laughs> I do have a dunce number I actually haven't seen it since I applied for it 10 years ago <laughs> like I have to, don't even yeah so maybe I'll go and take a look at it yeah. now that I know, maybe I'll go and take a look at it knowing what to do with the money is like the number one question that people have when they're starting mm-hmm. a business I've seen some things where it's like okay 
It's the end of the year. You want to lower your tax liability. So get rid of all your money. And I'm like, do we get rid of all the money? Is it not good to have like a business savings account in case, I don't know, we go into a pandemic or something? What are your thoughts on that? Do we save money? Like, is there such thing as a business saving or do we just, is the goal to get to zero at the end of the year? No, the goal is not to get to zero at the end of the year. <laughs> um, your business savings can look like this. So throughout the year, um, mm-hmm. before you're getting ready to file taxes. So your business savings is usually a part of what I like to say your tax strategy, right? So all year, I'm going to be meeting with my tax accountant to see if I'm on pace for my strategy. Did I put enough money back for taxes throughout the year? Did I pay enough during the quarterly the quarterly taxes that I'm paying, did I um, did I give enough to different organizations so that I can get those tax breaks? So the money has to come from somewhere. If I haven't allotted it in my operational budget, then mm-hmm. I put it back into my savings. And when when I'm having those meetings, you say, hey, you actually can add a little bit more to your IRA, or you can add a little bit more to um, you can get more deductions if you give a little bit more to this organization. So it's conversations that that you're having throughout the year that help you to know, okay, at the end of the year, you kind of can gauge like, okay, I don't think I've done enough to get the deductions that I would like. Um, mm-hmm. And part of that comes from the strategy that you've had all year. The very first year that I made a profit in my business, mm-hmm. I didn't have the proper strategy in place when it came to like a tax strategy. So I found that I didn't pay myself enough. I didn't give enough into my retirement. So those were two major tax breaks that I could have gotten that I didn't fully utilize. So the next year, Mm -hmm. I ended up making sure that, hey, let me check in with my tax accountant to make sure that I am on track to not have to pay the IRS more money than I would like to. Because I didn't do what I needed to do all year. So that's interesting. So there are options out there for small business owners to actually save for retirement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And and, and models, I always say you got to leverage your, your resources and your bank. Whoever you choose to do banking with is mm-hmm. a resource. And they have uh, banking products that are geared towards Retirement. And that looks like if I'm a business owner, how can I make sure that I'm still giving into my retirement? Because you don't have unless you have set up where your business is paying paying into a 401k for you, then you need to have some other type of retirement forms in place. And that may look like having an IRA. And throughout the year, you'll put money into there. Um, There's different amounts that you can max it out at. And if you haven't given enough into it, well, it's the end of the year. And so I haven't quite maxed out the amount that I could for this year. Let mm-hmm. me let me pull it from my savings account. Because, again, I've been saving for that all year and I'll just pull it from there. And then I'm able to get that that uh, that max in, in there to get that deduction that I would want. Blowing my mind. That's what that is. Blowing my mind. You guys can't see it because this is audio, but. Absolutely blowing my mind. When it comes to when we talked about when it's time to hire mm-hmm. an accountant or financial coach on your team, mm-hmm. but when does it make sense to hire just help 
in general for your business. A lot of times we start these businesses and we are a team of one and we're doing all the things. But as mm-hmm. we know, we can't grow and scale our business by ourselves. But some of us are so fearful of being able to afford to hire someone. How do we know that we're able to um, hire someone from a financial standpoint that we're ready? So, you know, you're ready to hire when one, you feel like you got way too much on your plate, right? That you can't effectively grow the business how you would want to. So Mm -hmm. that means that maybe internal internally, there are some things that are struggling. Maybe you're not bringing in enough resources or enough contracts or clients because you're doing all the admin work or Mm -hmm. you can't do any selling because you're tied up on the phone all day. So it, it, it goes twofold. One, you'll know because of how much is on your plate. The, the financial component is saying, I've been meeting with my accountant throughout the year. And mm-hmm. I, before I got ready to hire, it's like, hey, you can actually, you have enough in your budget to where you can start outsourcing some of the duties that you do have. And that may look like, bringing on a couple people part-time that may look like I'm going to actually get a couple of contractors that can Mm -hmm. utilize, I can utilize in my business to move it forward. So it's not that you just jump out there and start hiring people and throwing numbers at people and say, Oh, well, well, what's your budget? Well, that goes back to, I've had a meeting with my finance professional that tells Mm -hmm. me this is how much you can spend on bringing on employees or bringing on outsourcing, outsourcing um, some of the work in your business. You're not just going out there blindly, getting into stuff and hiring people that you cannot afford. So that's that's what it ends up, up looking like. When we're hiring, especially as small business owners, I feel like we have to compete with the larger companies mm-hmm. as far as like benefits. A lot of us don't know how to make a benefit package or how we can mm-hmm. make working for us more appealing because yes, the yes. money is a, is a major factor for a lot of people, especially for employees. We talked about something before mm-hmm. and I've never, I've never heard of it. And I was just like, <laughs> wow, what, what is this? And it was called financial inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about financial inclusion and how, that can help have that's a benefit for employees we choose if we're ready to hire and what that looks like yes so um we we, we're in an age where diversity equity and inclusion has been a big topic all if you're in the corporate world or even if you're in the the business entrepreneur world it's a it's a topic that is constantly floating around but what a lot of us is not talking about is financial inclusion, making sure that the people that you do have on your team are mm-hmm. being properly either compensated, that the pair is fay, the pair is fair, the that they have different resources that are available to them to continue to help them build and grow in the area of their finances, and then also making sure that they're educated throughout the year, right? That that mm-hmm. looks like maybe having different lunch and learns in place or professional um, bringing in different professionals in the area of finance so that people are advancing in that area as well. And so um, one of the things that Betis Financial is is 
uh, a proud supporter of is creating financially inclusive environments for either a small business or corporation. And so that looks like partnering with you to see what do you have in place. If there's nothing in place, then we have a program called DollarWise that we're able to come in and allow you to implement the program that we have, which partners your employees with a financial coach. And then with that, with that coach, they also get access to a financial education platform that provides different trainings and topics around building their financial literacy. And the coach is able to partner what they're learning online with what they're learning one-on-one with their coach. And then, then you have the component of, okay, well, how can we make sure that those who are saying, man, I really learn well in like a group setting. So mm-hmm. we get those lunch and learns with different professionals and um, just continue to have the conversation with the company around what the what's important to their employees. Because usually what, what happens is, mm-hmm. is when companies go to start choosing employees benefit packages, they're, mm-hmm. they're thinking very broad. They're not thinking about where their employees are financially. And mm-hmm. the have shown that most of the time when people are at work, they're thinking about their finances and it impacts their productivity. It impacts team morale. And you are paying for an employee that is not happy and is not focused and not building your business forward because their finances is affecting their job. Absolutely. And so we can make sure that that, that is a, a topic of conversation um, for those, those companies that not, are, are not always really aware where people are because people don't understand that it that it flows together yes you're providing this person a job but are you paying them properly and then if you are paying them properly you know what else can you do to make sure that they are they have what they need to succeed financially because as you said if they don't it comes back to you because they're at at the job thinking about foreclosure notice. Oh, okay. How am I going to feed my family today? And they're frustrated at work. Cause it's a frustrating thing to be at work, working and still not having money to do what you need to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause, mm-hmm. Cause most of the time what they're doing is they they either got a budget on their, their uh, desk Trying to crunch numbers. Oh, well, can I pick up any overtime? If, if overtime's going to be even be an option so that I can try to get some some extra money coming in. Or I need to get off this job at enough time to go and work another job because I'm still trying to put everything together. And if the company that I spend most of my time with mm-hmm. would invest in me, although. So I think of it this way. Although you're being paid for a job, that is a job. I'm being paid for my job, but my the company that I work with can mm-hmm. also invest in me in my mental, physical, emotional, and financial health. And in doing that, that looks like what benefits are they offering me for working here? Because I can go over here to company B mm-hmm. and they may have a full package that takes care of all those needs, which is why one is is it's really hard to get really good employees to stay because somebody else has offered them something that meets their needs and where they're going. 
And I think the sooner that a lot of companies realize that, hey, your employees are talking to you when they leave, listen to them, listen to what they're saying. And a lot of it, you can trace it back to finances. Does this apply for small to small businesses? Absolutely. So as a, as a small business owner, you have benefits that you can offer to those who are working with you. And that may look like um, crafting. What do you do best in your business? Mostly, if, say I'm a marketing agency, right? Well, if mm-hmm. I'm working with a small business, I can craft a benefit package around my expertise. I can craft that and say, hey, working with me, this is the benefit of what you get. I'm going to also make sure that I'm investing in you. I'm going to also educate you and train you. But I've also mm-hmm. bought in a different um uh, I bought in a financial package to make sure that as as you're um, contracting or you are part-time here, we're still mm-hmm. going to make sure that you're educated, that your needs are being met. And although we may not be able to pay you top dollar, we know that the package that we have put together for you is, um, is in correlation to your goals of where you want to go what you desire to do. And we making sure that we're speaking to that until we can actually pay you what we desire to pay you, because we want, we would, we see this as a life, life, lifelong partnership to continue to build and grow. I love that. And I think that's a huge benefit and superpower that we have as small business owners is that we can be more intentional about the package that we create to have people come with us. Cause I will tell you in a heartbeat, like the money will come your peace yes. of mind and health is a lot more important than the money. So I've had in my, in my own life before I had my own business, I have to step, take a step back and take a pay cut. Cause I was working at a place where I would literally go and I would just pass out like because of mm-hmm. the management and stuff. And so I took yes. a pay cut so I can have, better mental health and it was worth it. So being able to say and talk to your, your employees saying, Hey, what are your goals? This is how we can work together to accomplish that. I think that we don't understand as, as small business owners, we, we count ourselves out saying, Oh, well, I can't pay as much and I can't do this because I'm small, but that there being able to say, Hey, we can work together to help you accomplish that. That yes. is major. Major, so do not discount what you can do. Yep, because employees want to be seen, heard, and valued. That's what people want. They they want to know that the thing that I'm doing every day um, is impactful. They Mm -hmm. want to their concerns and their ideas and thoughts that they have to improve things. They want to know that they have that leeway to give that input and then they want to be valued at the end of the day. What you do to continue to advance that company does matter. And the the sooner that we realize that the more we we all are growing, we're all getting to the place that we desire to be. And if you're going to have anybody on your team, you have mm-hmm. to make sure that you are building right, that you're building with intention and that mm-hmm. you're building building something that will definitely outlive you, but also making sure that those who are helping build right along with you know that I can't do this without you. I love it. I love it. I appreciate you so much for coming on and for sharing all of your wisdom. I've learned so much during this episode. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I like when we talked 
we caught up a few now it's been like over a month ago when we just <laughs> sat down and caught up and when you were telling me about financial inclusion like i literally you had not thought about it heard about it and i said more people need to know this and yeah. as we're you know our audience is our business owners they need to know what it looks like to have a solid foundation for their business and the steps they can take to get there and build something solid from the ground up. Absolutely. Now we're going to enter what we call our genius round. Okay. All right. Our genius round, I'm going to ask you three questions. So our On Your Genius podcast, we talk about business. We talk about law. We talk about mindset, right? So these three Mm -hmm. questions are around that. Question number one. What's the best business advice you've ever received? Uh, the best business advice I ever received is that done is better than perfect. Ooh. Done is better than perfect. My coach um, told me that because um, I can be a bit of a perfectionist and I want to keep redoing it, keep redoing it and say done is better than perfect, Janelle. You can always go back and tweak it, but don't get caught up on what you feel like has not been done. Or if you know, trying to perfect it. Perfect. It's done. done. Get it out there. Get it out there. I love that's great advice. What is your go to affirmation? Um, my go to affirmation is I am powerful. Um, I say that every single morning. Um, because I have to recognize the power that's on the inside of me and Mm -hmm. then the power of who um who I serve. And so that helps me to make sure that I'm in alignment with everything that is set for my day. That's a good one. I am powerful. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I'm going to share that with my, with my girls. I want them to start. Um, Cause you know, yeah, you cause you need to recognize that as an early, at an early yeah. age. And then especially at our age, I love that. I am powerful. It quiets so the imposter. The it imposter does. Rise up and say, I'm powerful. I'm supposed to be here. Yes. Yeah. Shoe fly don't bother. Like what can, what can get in your way when you recognize that you are powerful? What can stop yep. you? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing at all. I love it. Okay. What does owning your genius mean to you? Um, owning my, only my genius means to me that you show up in the spaces and the places that you know that you're supposed to be in. That mm-hmm. means that you don't come quietly, you don't back down, you show mm-hmm. up being your authentic self and who you are called to be. So own all parts of you, even the parts that um, may seem like a little, you're a little quirky. I say, I'm, I am a little, I could be very quirky. I am, I, mm-hmm. I will probably say, people probably say I'm a nerd, but I own it all because that is me. That's all of me. Um, and don't just don't back down to being who from from who you are. Like you are you, and you're unique, and you've been created that way for a reason. Yes, 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 yes. I love that, and that's exactly what it means. Tell the people where we can find you and connect with you. So you can connect with me on all social media outlets at Bettis Financial, and my personal page is I am Jay Bettis. Um, so I look forward to connecting with you all. If you have any other questions or just want to talk and deep dive about your finances. I love it. Thank you so very much for joining us on the Own Your Genius podcast. We're going to drop all of those links 
in the show notes. So you can go and connect with Janelle using these links on social media. Schedule a consultation. Even if you've been in business for a while, if you have not met with a financial professional, now is the time to do it. Yes. You don't right. want to go into 2023 not knowing your numbers, not knowing where you stand. And 2022 was a rough year for a lot of business owners. Look at your numbers and see where you can improve and what you can do yes. better. Yeah. Right. Let's take this conversation over to the Mark Legal community. I want you to share this episode with three people and have them meet you there. But you know what to do before you go. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and rate the podcast. Until next week, I want you to keep building your business, growing your brand, and owning your genius.